0: Dear gracious Lord, we, uh, as we go through uh, Lord's Day 7 and we talk about uh, man's deliverance, may you uh, bless this time together and may we uh, uh, learn from your word and from what uh, you have taught us. In thy name we pray, amen. So today we're going to uh, go through Lord's Day 7. And uh, it's found on page 14 and 15 in the back of the Psalter hymnal if you want to. Follow along. (laughs) Sorry. Question 20 Are all men saved through Christ just as all men were lost through Adam? Answer No. Only those are saved who by true faith are grafted into Christ and accept all his blessings. What is this true faith? True faith is not only acknowledge and conviction that everything God reveals in his word is true. It is also a deep-rooted assurance created in me by the Holy Spirit through the gospel that out of sheer grace earned for us by Christ, not only others, but I too have had my sins forgiven, have been made forever right with God, and have been granted salvation. Question 22, what then must a Christian believe? Answer, everything God promises us in the gospel, that the gospel summarizes for us in the articles of our Christian faith, a creed beyond doubt, and a confession throughout the world. And of course that Articles is the Apostle Creed. Question 23, what are these articles? I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born under Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. <clears throat> so the first question, are all men saved? And of course, most of us here know that no, we are not saved. And we know, that, uh, we know this because Jesus speaks of this in Matthew 25. And in Matthew 25, it talks about the parables. And I'm just going to paraphrase through it. The first parables of the ten virgins, right? They were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And they had oil in their lamps, and they weren't prepared. Some weren't. And verse 10, while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say it to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, you ought to decide. You neither know the day nor the hour. And the second parable is the one of the talents, where the master goes away and gives five talents, two talents, and one talent, and... Uh, the one that buried it in the sand on verse 30, cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the final one um, talks about the sheep and the goats and separating them, not really a parable, but uh, the last verse on, on Matthew 25, verse 46, and these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous and eternal life. So we know that some people go to heaven and some people go to hell, of course, right? Um, and then we also know that in Matthew 7, verses 13, it says, and 14, sorry, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many, for the gate is narrow and and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. So, based upon what we read there in Matthew seven about the narrow gate and the wide gate, and um, if you were a gambling person. Now I know we're not gambling people, but there are certain things that we are pretty sure about. In reading that verse, what would you say the number would be from the narrow gate to the wide gate? How many of the population do we think is going to heaven to hell reading that verse? What does it sound like to you? I should say, we don't really know the number, but What do you think? What's that? Few, right. So so if you were to say, okay, I'm going to bet $2, would you say that would sound like 50% or 70%? What would be your guess? This is we don't know for sure, but according to that scripture. Really doesn't sound like a lot, does it? Sounds like very few, like mom said. Very few will enter. What's that? Like two is a couple, and three is a crowd, and several is seven, and a few is is 13. So 13 out of 100? (laughs) No, it doesn't. So keeping that in mind, when when others around us die, and... um, What comfort do we have? You know, I mean, it—it's it, uh, got to enter the mind of thought if you're thinking of this passage in a way. Or are there such a massive amount of people that our Christian area we got comfort right because we we read that in the first week or the question and answer one. But we don't really know who goes where. And hard is the path. Narrows the gate, and hard the path. When things go easy, am I struggling enough? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Am I doing the road am I doing it right? Am I not if I'm not hitting hard times, am I am I going easy the path? Anybody else feel like that sometimes? Or sometimes we we kinda of have that little bit of thought process. What about um, with the Lord's Prayer? And we, because we know that not everybody's saved, and maybe we know some people that doesn't really, you really wonder if they're saved because of what we read in the Bible. We know what they do, right? And in the Lord's Prayer, we say, Thy kingdom come. Is there a little part of us that says, but I hope it's a little bit later because I want my friend to have more time to learn about you? Anybody ever think that thought? Wanna, you know, because we, we know that when Christ comes, that's it. There is no, when the bridegroom came, that's, that's it. That's all you have. So you got to be right at that point in time. And of course, we could be in our pietism, we could be good ourselves, but we want to make sure our friends and our family and our loved ones are also right. If we go to Matthew 10. Verses 3 through 7. I think that kind of gives us our answer a little bit to that. Nope, that's not right. Matthew 10, verse 37. Sorry about that. My Bible doesn't have one. Yes, it does. There is. Whoever loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So if we have that little bit of reserve on that, I I think that's a natural tendency as we love our children and I love our friends and and that type of thing. But we should more want God's kingdom to come than, than, um, than worrying about our sons and daughters, which is very hard to do, but that passage kind of tells us that. Uh, do we know who is going to be saved? Can we tell for sure who will be saved? those that accept, that are grafted into Christ only those are saved by true faith who are grafted into Christ and accept all his blessings but do we know who that is? Can we have somebody that helps everybody and, and uh, never says a bad word and does everything right can we be sure that that person is, is going to have um, salvation or do we know for sure that uh Hitler and Dahmer are in hell? We don't do we why not very good yeah uh john three six thirty six you were quoting uh, I'm pretty much quoting that. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains upon him. And we also read about... um, in Luke 23 we read about the criminal on the cross with with Jesus, right? 39 Once one of the criminals who were hung at the railing said to him, "Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us." But the other rebuked him and said, do not fear God, since you are under the same sentence and condemnation. We indeed justify, for we're receiving due award for our deeds, but this man has done nothing. And he said, Jesus, remember when you, when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say unto you, today you'll be with me in paradise. So really, it's a personal relationship. And it's a personal being with God. Now, you would hope that if you have a personal relationship with God then you should be wanting to do well and do your good fruits will become from that from that tree right so we can't judge others because they could have a personal relationship and that bothers some people that a person like Hitler maybe could even have had a, a a, a redemption before his death and you wonder how that could happen but what we don't know is also was Hitler a tool of God in some way or form or fashion was the the results of what he did did that do something to the Jewish people did that do something to us as individuals looking on And the horrific acts that he did you know, um, all this affects God's kingdom, and it's hard to believe that uh, somebody like that could have that. We also have the parable of um, the workers, right? The um, the vineyard owner goes out and gets people. Uh, we read this at uh, our uh, welfare group where the guy comes out and hires everybody for a, denario for the day to go out and harvest grapes and later on in the day he sees people that aren't doing anything so he hires them and, and then later on he goes out one more time and he finds some more people that aren't doing anything and hires them and at the end of the day everybody got denarial, right and they were mad <clears throat> some of them grumbled said I've been here all day why am I getting paid the same as this other guy so it doesn't matter where in life we find God it's a matter of our relationship to him. So does... A lot of times when, when that happens, if I meet somebody that I'm in a stalemate with and I know that I'm not going to convince them that what they're doing is a sin, a lot of times that's what I'll tell them to do is work on their personal relationship. I figure if they're in prayer and they're working on their personal relationship that sin will become apparent to them later on does God want people to go to hell anybody what do you think Bob that's right if you look at Second uh, Peter three verse nine, the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness, but is patient to, patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance, right? He, go ahead, Andy. then I'm going to repeat what you said just a little bit for the benefit of the, anybody that didn't hear you. So what Andy's saying is that, that that verse that I just read is geared, and correct me if I get you wrong here, but that that gear that verse isn't geared to, in his opinion, all people, but just the ones that God has elected for uh, salvation. Um, anybody else have a comment on that? Bob?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so let me ask this. In the beginning, when God created man, was that the way He created them? That He was going to create them to be sinners? But man made the choice to fall. Right. No, because what he's saying is, is going to be supreme and absolute. But um, so you believe that God created the world knowing that there was going to be a fall? Any other comments on that? Bob? So it'd be against that if we're to say um, that God, if if we say that um, the sin, if God didn't know about the sin, then we're kind of saying that God is not omnipotent. But at the same time, uh, we're also saying that God is, uh, God knew that man was going to fail. Right? How could he not know that man was going to fail? Yeah, I knew uh, when I wrote that 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 might happen. Yeah. That's why we bring it up, right? This is what we're here for. This is for, uh, and and also uh, taking it home and learning about it and talking about it in groups. Go ahead, Andy. For us. This last one was Second uh, Peter three verse nine. There's another one, uh, Timothy two, three, and four, which says sharing the suffering as good soldiers of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlists him. Um, oops, and that kind of tells uh, uh, if you're working for him. And I got one more. Uh, let's go to 1 Timothy. Uh, 1 Timothy 2. Our appeal does not spring up from error or impurity or any attempt to device, but just as we've been approved by God and entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our heart. Um. Oops, that's Thessalonians. I'm sorry. No, I didn't, that didn't make sense to me. Um. I'll get the right one here yet. Yeah. Sorry. This is good and is pleasing the cycle of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. Is there a part of. Uh, so he made this creation. Is there a part of him that wants? everything to continue to be perfect do you do you so i'm hearing uh if we go with the the route that we're going down and god knows everything and he he knew that this was going to happen was it really his intent but if our but if we're born and we had that a couple of weeks ago, that we are natural, we have a natural tendency to hate God and others. So can we make that choice? If our natural tendency is to hate God and others, can we make the choice to love God? So before the knowledge of good and evil, they made a choice to, to take of the fruit. That they were not the, the tree of good and evil. <laughs>
2: did did
0: uh, did the devil fall then to become the evil? That's the, the belief. I don't know if we have scripture to back that up, necessarily. The, the, yeah, the, right. Um, so we must have true faith. And I think we're going to probably go over some of this stuff. Uh. Let's just go over what is faith, not necessarily true faith. What is, when I say faith, what does that mean to you? Andy. Believing in the word of God no matter how I feel because he promises. promises. Believing in the word of God and acting on it is how you express faith, definition. definition of faith. Anybody else got a... Yeah. Believing in things unseen. That's Hebrews 1. Yeah. Hebrews 1, 1, I believe. if... Okay. I had that one. Ahead of time. My Bible likes to skip Hebrews, I guess. Hebrews 11. This is the one I think you're talking about, Mom. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. What else do you think is in hope? For faith, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's trust in there. Do we trust, right? takes faith to trust that God's going to do what he promises he's going to do. Of so belief? Or is it all those things? Is it uh, hope, trust, believing in God, believing in God's Word, confidence of, that God is, is in control, conviction? of of standing up for him. Takes faith to do all them things, right? So what is true faith then, as they describe? We'll just do true faith and then we'll go. What makes true faith different than faith? or Bob? How is that different than faith? Because isn't that faith as well? So, you got faith. You could say, I got faith that I'm going to get that job because they told me I would, but it's not started yet. True faith is more of a gospel type thing. good. Anybody else got comments on that? I'm going to add a little bit to that, Bob. I'm going to say uh, with the answer there, I think there's, there's like three parts to that. We have to be born again. We have to kill our old self, our old sinful selves. Uh, we have to kill what, what sins uh, drag us down. Whatever personal sin that is for each of us, it's different, right? We have to kill that and we have to start anew with our new life, uh, putting that sin away, putting all sin, trying to put every sin under our foot, right? I think the second thing is believing in the Word as being uh, His Scripture, being wholehearted and true, not in part, but as a whole, every, every, the whole Bible, Uh, Today we like to, or today some people like to pick it apart and and make it that way. And I think the third part of the true faith is the Holy Spirit working within us and uh, guiding us and helping our hearts be in the right spot. So if we have true faith, then what should we believe? And it's kind of summed up for us a little bit in the Apostles' Creed, right? Kind of this is a good way of breaking it down, I should say, any other comments? I think we had a good discussion today. Thanks. Should we pray quick, dear Lord, in heaven we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we can have fellowship together over your word, and that we can go over the over your world and how it 's presented to us, and that we may have uh, deep and glorious thoughts. And uh, help us, Lord, that we may um, take this wisdom and study it and uh, be honorable to you. In thy name we pray.